about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Very happy Tuesday to you one and all. Hope you're all safe here and welcome to the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Grateful to have you joining us if you are streaming. You are doing so on 106.9thefan.com. Don't forget all our podcasts and past episodes are on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you ever need to catch up on anything that you may have missed, uh, just type in the Full Court Press, Eric name, my name. You'll find all the past content. Yesterday we interviewed Coach Miley, the co-defensive coordinator of the Utah State Aggie football squad. Uh, you can find it on there. Uh, and then today will be another, f- another fun show. We got uh, a little bit of a flashback, if you will of uh, Reed Andreessen interviewing Wayne Estes. Uh, that will take place at 4.30. And then at 5 o'clock, newly minted and officially announced today, uh, Kayla Ard uh, will be the new coach of the Utah State women's basketball team. If you did, if you missed her press conference, it was actually really good. She's got a lot of just energy, and she's, she's passionate about basketball, and you can tell she's quickly falling in love with Cash Valley and with Utah State. And it seems like she's one of those people that uh, seems pretty chill, like low-key. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I thought it was interesting. She says, well, see how I am here? This is me. You see me in the grocery store? This is how I'm going to be. You see me on the court? This is how I'm going to be. Now, if something goes wrong, I might have to make a different face. <laughs> that was funny. But... Um, you know, she seems like she's got some some good energy. Uh, she's um, highly regarded as a great recruiter. Um, so we'll see how that translates at Utah State. But it's a new era for Utah State, and we'll get to hear from her coming up next hour. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. To Eric France and there, I'm Ajay Salveson. Once again, good evening on a Tuesday, a very rainy and wet and cold Tuesday evening. Uh, please be safe if you are driving outside. Be very, very safe. Uh, and if you are not driving, stay home, stay out of the way, uh, let this uh, whole COVID-19 thing just do its thing, pass its way, and then get out of here, and hopefully we can get back to a normal life sooner than later. Uh, from what I've been hearing, it, it will be later, if you will. Um, uh, officially announced his high school sports uh, for spring here in Cache Valley has been canceled. There will be no sports, baseball, soccer, anything. Uh, it is done for the year, so... Uh, the seniors lose uh, their year, which is really unfortunate for, you know, in regards to baseball, you had a lot of talent that was uh, that was all over in this region, at least in baseball. I know, uh, man, you know, as we already mentioned a few times, Mount Chris had eight seniors. Ridgeline was loaded with talent. Uh, Green Canyon had a kid, Tanner Watson, who's probably one of the better infillers I've ever seen play in the region uh, as of right now. He's he, just incredible, uh, athletic and competitive kid. His His season's over. Um, I know Bear River, Fonsbeck, and uh, he uh, he loses his season in baseball. So there's a lot of kids there who unfortunately won't be able to uh, uh, play and uh, finish off their career uh, doing what they love to do. So um, we that sucks. But, you know, right now it's kind of where we're at. It is, yeah. Just according to the new guidelines that were the governors put out, um, you know, no school extending that until May first, and no organized activities. It's still trying to avoid large groups of people. It's just it's impossible um, to to continue these these sports, and uh, you, you feel sick. Uh, it, it's too bad, but it, it has to be done. I mean, that's that's one of the the casualties of of this, and there are many others, like. Um, 
others being robbed of performances at uh, you know, the, the spring production they were working on at their high school for the musical or the play or the, the concert that was going to happen. And all of these things are, are either put on hold, which some hope they may be able to bring some of it back in May if, if classes can resume. But for by and large, a lot of it is just not going to happen. And it's unfortunate. But um, we talked about this a lot yesterday. I don't I'm want to spend a lot of time on it today, but please continue to practice social distancing. It's still going to be a little while before we get through this thing. And if we can still be, be vigilant in not getting in big groups of people, practicing good hygiene, being careful, being smart, uh, then it's going to help all of us. And I think the big thing to, to, that I'm hearing more and more and seeing more and more is that younger people are among the, the fastest growing populations that are being affected by coronavirus. There was a, a, a child under the age of 18 in California who just died today. So there are it's affecting younger people. And I think earlier in this whole thing, a lot of younger people felt they could be cavalier about all this, thinking, eh, it doesn't affect us. It's just an old person thing. Well, no, it's uh, it's affecting a lot of people. Rudy Gobert coming out uh, the, the last few days saying, hey, it's a symptom of this. Uh, he has it, and as a symptom, he didn't feel real sick, but now uh, a side effect of this is that he's losing his sense of smell and taste. And apparently this is becoming a real big factor especially among younger people, that you, you may not otherwise have the shortness of breath and the chills and the fever and all these other things that some people exhibit, but there may be, if all of a sudden you're starting to lose your sense of smell and taste, that may be an early indicator that you have coronavirus. Again, I'm not a doctor. Don't take that as medical advice, but there are some uh, different stories out there that are suggesting those may be some early indicators that you should be aware of. So it, it's real. It's out there. You got to be careful. Got to be cautious. But in all of that, Ajay, and all of this scare tactics—it's not scare tactics, but things that are going on that make you nervous. There are some great things that are going on in our community. Why people are um, stepping up and helping out. Uh, uh, we, we've got some uh, reporters tracking down some really amazing stories of people that how they're helping out. We've got this huge long list of businesses that are doing things unique to what they normally do to help people to still provide services uh, in in light of what's going on here on Cash Valley Daily. So there's still amazing things that people are stepping up and, and helping out. Uh, and that really is what makes this area so awesome, is that people do step up and help each other out in times of need. Yeah, with that, the FEN is inviting businesses, clubs, and organizations, church groups, and event organizers to call in and tell us what you're doing in light of COVID-19 restrictions and precautions. You can call in at 435 435- Seven seven four one six seven four, and leave a short message for us to air. Now, everyone who wants to know what what's going on, we'll share your message and help get the word out. Together, we can help one another. The phone number again is four three five seven seven four one six seven four. So, from all of us at the fan, please be safe, be smart, listen to the guidance, and from those who are the experts, and uh, uh, let them uh, you know do the work, and we just follow instructions as so and. And we will, we will get through this and, and get back to some normalcy, which I, I just, I can't wait for is, um, you know, it's, it's crazy when you think about Hurricane Katrina and 9-11, what were people so excited to get back to, Eric? Oh, sports. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's when people were begging for the Mets to play a baseball game. People were begging to see the Yankees. And then in the course of 06 or 05, I, mean, I guess it became 06, but when the Saints finally got back into the Dome and played their first game, um, like it just energy, like, and it was all energy. It was just adrenaline rush from the very get-go, from pregame until the very end of the game, and actually even beyond that. And that's that's what people want back so badly right now is in the midst of this um, really bizarre time and and unique as as could be. Um, people just want it back, even just to see one game, a live game, and and to have it back on our uh, our television screen or be in attendance at a game is. It's what people are asking for. So we'll... Uh... Well, and I think there's some... Uh, I know at least with the NBA, there certainly seems to be a little more pressure. Maybe pressure's not the right word, but more discussion about how, can we get to a point where we can have games happen or stage games or even have players involved in charity-type games. And maybe it's a three-on-three. It's... Not very many people are involved. It's not a full team. It's not a full NBA-sanctioned, you know, a game that counts on your record. But something that can help raise money for coronavirus victims and still provide sports, you know, to have something out there. So he he was talking just the last week that that might be a possibility for those reasons that you just talked about. People need an escape. They need something positive to distract them sports can really be an amazing way to do that um and uh, you know the nfl free agency uh, this last week was going and that was a big thing that was happening and and trades caught people's attention allowed us some some escape uh there's still news happening today uh, cam newton basically being let go and uh and so there's still things happening in the nfl but eventually that's going to slow down until the the draft starts to get closer, and that's a month away. So until then, um, the the NFL has been saving us for a little bit, but it's going to dry up again for a little bit. And with that, we will announce that we will go back to a one-hour show starting next Monday. We will be on from 4 to 5 until basketball and baseball resume, whenever that is. We've heard June, we've heard July, we've heard never. Like, it just, it really just depends. So we're kind of sitting on our hands and waiting. But when basketball, and it will, when baseball, and it will, resumes, we will go back to having a two-hour show. And then, like, we start, because we usually have this nice little hiatus, and we kind of go to a one-hour show, we take a break, you and I do, um, and just adventure out into the world, go on vacations with our families and whatnot. But... <laughs> Eric, once we get back with baseball and basketball, we're, our go mode starts early this year because then if it starts in June, it's going to go till August. And guess what happens at the end of August? Utah State's hosting Washington State on a Thursday night. Football's right back into action. So uh, it's, it's going to be a little bit different, but we will make adjustments as everyone else is. Uh, but again, starting next Monday... March 30th, we will have a one-hour show from 4 to 5 until baseball and basketball does resume. Uh, a couple quick things. Uh, Tokyo, uh, oh, I guess it, I mean, it's not it's not really breaking news or anything, but, of course, the uh, Tokyo Olympics have been moved to 2021. Um, yeah, but Dick, no later than Dick that. Dick Pound got out in front of that. Started to really drive that home. Don't you dare. Yesterday. Don't you dare. What? You what? know better. No, don't give me that. He was the first on point <laughs> to get the word out that this was going to happen. And then finally today they made it official. What? Why are you why are you laughing? I'm 
just trying to relay the message. That- it, it was just, it really aroused my, my attention span that the fact <laughs> You started this. No, you started it, and you know what you were doing. No, that little mischievous grin before you started talking. Again, Tokyo, uh, the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics will be moved to no later than the summer 2021. Now, on the other hand... We had a really hard stance on <laughs> that it should happen. What? He was... He spoke out to USA Today Have you, that it should happen. I'm telling you, Eric, if you are a mature human being, you will not read any of the replies to the tweets about Dick Pound suspending the 2020 Olympics. Do you understand me? If there's any bit of maturity in your body, in your head, you will not in your body uh, of Dick Pound. <laughs> Anyways, uh, on the that other... That is a literal human being right there. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, flip the coin, and on the other side of this, Eric, we have the 2020 Olympics being suspended. But then on the other hand, Disneyland and Walt Disney World are currently set to reopen on April 1st. <laughs> uh, California is in a state of lockdown. How can Disneyland reopen? I have no idea how that's going to work. Here's a great idea. Let's open a place where everybody has to hold a, you know, they grab these handrails to move around while they're standing in line and people come from all over the world and then they leave to go back home to wherever they were. And by the way, it's spring break for a lot of different people. Yeah. And, and by the way, people will go. There will be flocks and flocks of people who yeah. are going to go to Disney World or Disneyland. Because they'll think, it'll be a small crowd. It won't be. <laughs> yeah, that kind of blew my mind. Uh... But uh, the uh, lagoon was set to open this weekend, but they've postponed. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Nice of them. Yeah, <laughs> doing uh, the right thing. You know, it's just, uh, it, it really it's it's all dependent on how we respond to this whole situation. And I, I've got to be honest, we have not responded well at all. I don't know. I mean, there's some pe- pe- places that have. They're being smart. They're being proactive. Um, I think there's. Social shaming, which is going on, which is embarrassing for some people. Um, but I, I think that we can be better. And there's also this fine line that you have to walk, like shutting everything down, but also not having it. the result of that be catastrophic to your economy and having people laid off of jobs. And So there's this fine line of still trying to keep things going, but also being smart and, and drawing back a bit. So if if, if, the, if people practice proper hygiene, they keep your distance, and you don't go out and about for things that you, that are unnecessary, absolutely necessary, then then we can weather this. But it takes all of us to doing it. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a group thing, everybody. It's uh, it we got to stay away from each other, but we got to do it together. Hey, uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, we're going to hear an old interview that we did on the Full Court Press uh, a while back. Um, I was there. Hurricane John Newbold was there, part of the show. Evan Nyman was part of the show. This is going back a ways. Um, But we had a conversation with Reed Andreessen. He was a former play-by-play announcer for KVNU who called play-by-play for the Utah State Aggies and was there calling the the final game for Wayne Estes. Um, and uh, we decided to do this a couple of days ago 
And uh, <laughs> just saw today, uh, KSL apparently is doing this uh, greatest players. Have you seen this in the state yet? of Utah? Yeah, I was just looked at it. I just went through and voted. Yeah, me too. I had to because unfortunately, it's closer than it needs to be with a couple of our guys that it shouldn't be close with at all. So Sam Farnsworth on Twitter says, if you're not familiar with who Wayne Estes is, you need to learn about him. Big capital letters. This video clip will help. Uh, the fact that he is a number two seed in our greatest player bracket might not be doing him justice. Frankly, it's not. He's currently trailing in the second round vote to number seven, Tom Chambers. And it's a great video. What? And Al Lewis voiced it. He narrated oh, cool. it. It's got pictures. It's got even former the, footage of yeah, that game. Of when he scored the 2000 and yeah, not being called. It's, it's awesome. And you it, hear it, the old play-by-play of Reed. It almost POs me a little bit when I watch it. Because Sam Merrill, we should have been all witness to that of Sam Merrill doing it at home. But then Mr. Peacock, the referee, decided to get in the way. And he's like, nah, you know what? We're not going to have any fun tonight. We're going to ruin it all for you. <laughs> I can't, it, it, I, it's hard to watch. It's cool to watch, but it seems like it's hard to watch because I think back of, of the what should have been. Hey, if you want to uh, be a part of the show, you absolutely can by texting in at 435-339-0321. Let's do roll call. 435-339-0321. Where are you listening from? How you doing? How can we help you? How can we make your day better? What? Uh, some NFL news. Oh, and no. Utah State news. Oh. Uh, former good. Aggie. Going to the Patriots. Nick please. Vigil. Going to the Patriots. Please, we need a backup. He's been with the Bengals for a while. Now he's going to Los Angeles to play with the Chargers. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. Dude, he was in, he was in prison over there in Cincinnati. Because that place was, that, that is a dump. Right. He was trying to, to do things. But he was, yeah, didn't have a whole lot of help around him. No, no, he didn't have any help. Let's be honest. That was a bad football team, bad management, bad coaching all the way around. Hey, when we come back, we're going to get more into this little bracket that they're doing, and we're going to update you on what the voting looks like. Again, you can... Yeah, there's a number of former Aggies on there. Yeah, you want to see a a few of them, and there's a couple of them where you're like, I don't know if they're going to make it through round one. Why? Because it's so close. Why? I have no idea why. Maybe because Utah County's just... Putting in a bunch of votes versus Aggies. That'd be my guess. We'll get into that. And then, of course, as we've already mentioned, uh, an old playback of Reed Andreessen with Wayne Estes. Really, really cool stuff. And don't forget, at 5 p.m., newly minted Utah State women's head basketball coach, Kayla Ard, will join us here on the Full Court Press. Eric Francis and there. I'm Audrey Salveson, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's Eric France and Andre Salas here on the Full Court Press, 423, your time on a Tuesday evening. Hope you're being safe out there if you're on the roads. Hope you're being safe if you're just out there anywhere. Please be safe. Hey, uh, Eric, as we uh, we teached us before, um, and by the way, you can join into the show at 435-339-0321 to text into the show. Uh, Sam Farnsworth, as you mentioned, KSL Sports, I put out this bracket of the top best players in state history in basketball. Okay, that that's a key word, in basketball. Here's where the players that they put of Utah State on here. Two-seated. J.C. Carroll, three-seed Sam Merrill, and two-seeded Wayne Estes. 
I have a few problems here, Eric, before we get into the bracket itself. Why is Wayne Estes a two-seed, but Andre Miller, I guess I can understand Andre Miller, but Keith Van Horn's a one-seed? Yeah, their one-seeds are Danny Ainge, Understood. Andre Miller. I can agree to that. Keith Van Horn. Don't agree. And Jimmer Fredette. I agree to that. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I'd probably put what Estes above Van Horn. The thing is, it's he's his career got cut short, so we don't know yeah. if he could have had an NCAA tournament run, if he would have had a long NBA career, because the Lakers were looking at him and wanting to draft him in the as a top 10 pick. Yeah, no, no, and, and that's the thing. But is if he, there's also an an uh, an element of this of recency bias. Oh yeah, people don't remember what Wayne Estes was like, and that so that's why Sam put that tweet out there. He's like, "Look, you guys probably don't know, but this is one of the greatest players ever in the state history." And the yeah, fact- what he accumulated in just three years because he couldn't play as a freshman. Yeah, and and by the way, uh, at the time when he put that tweet out. Believe it or not, Wayne Estes was trailing. So I just refreshed. Chambers, and it is, yeah. Now he's ahead. He leads 131 to 119. Uh, Sam Merrill. Is he still Let's see how the six? Aggies are doing. Sam Merrill leads Harold Arsenault 131 to 124. So that's very close. Yeah, still too close. And then J.C. Carroll leads, uh, is that Jeremy Grant? Yep, it is. 159 to 95. <laughs> So JC is going to advance. Yeah, JC will advance. I would imagine. It looks like Estes is going to advance. Say, and if Estes loses to Tom Chambers and everybody, then they need to take this poll down. <laughs> I, I'm serious. They need yes. to take the poll down. It shouldn't even exist. Uh, the problem with but come this, on, you can't let Sam Merrill lose to Harold Arsenault. Yeah. Now, granted, Harold did beat Harold. Does have an NCAA tournament win underneath his belt versus North yes. Carolina? He was a he was a fine player. Sam Merrill probably would have had one underneath his belt too, if not maybe two wins underneath his belt. But if, Sam Merrill's a three seed. Yeah, that's brutal, huh? So here's the thing: if Sam Merrill wins, he gets the winner, and this is a tough one of Andrew Bogut and Sean Bradley. Andrew Sean Bogut. Bradley's a ten seed. Yeah. Yeah. Look, he didn't play very much. He got dunked on a lot. Yeah. Because uh, he went to the NBA early. Are you surprised? Yuli Childs as a 5C versus Michael Doliak. Everybody remembers Michael Doliak, part of that big Ute squad who had those runs. 162 to 90, Michael Doliak leads that. I'm not overly surprised by that. He was a great player on a really, really, really good team. And by the way, he played in, a champ- in an NCAA championship game. So, yeah. Probably I the, go. I voted for Michael Doliak. Probably the matchup of the second round, if it does come to this. Right now, leading Kyle Collinsworth, who's a six seed, is Damian Lillard, two fifteen to forty one. It's a close one, everybody. <laughs> Damian Lillard versus Wayne Estes. Over under. Let's uh, let's play oh, over if, under. If they both advance, yeah. If they both advance, it's Damian Lillard versus Wayne Estes. Damian Lillard plus forty five, over under forty five and a half. See, there's that recency. Um, I would be afraid that that Lillard would get that. And oh, I would probably me too. Take the over. I I think oh, it's me too. sickening, but I probably would take the over. No, I would too. By by almost plus a hundred. But here's my problem. I actually agree with that. Damian Lillard has a better career than Wayne Estes. He had a better college career, career. than Wayne Estes. 
No. I know. I know. It, no. I know. I know. I'm just saying I'll take Damian Lillard over Wayne Estes. I'm actually going to vote for Damian Lillard over Wayne Estes. What, what is wrong with you? No, How can you do no, that? Easily. Lillard's a better basketball player. In co- No. In college, yes. I'm taking Damian Lillard over Wayne Estes if they match up in round two. That's ridiculous. And I think Damian Lillard wins by plus 45, too. Uh, yeah, I had to get that out there. I, I, I do. I, I think Damian Lillard beats Wayne Estes, and I'm voting for Damian Lillard, without a doubt. Uh, and then another one that actually intrigued me is Sam Merrill were to win. Again, he get Bogart or Bradley, but then J.C. Carroll... JC might have a shot here to run the table. I mean, he gets Mike Smith. Or no, he'll get uh, Vrains. Vrains. He's a six seed, man. We got an upset, 156-97. I don't know who Vrains of Utah Utes is, but he's going to get the upset win over uh, Mike Smith, who's a three seed. So JC Carroll at 159 right now leads J- uh, Jeremy Grant 159-95. to JC Carroll might get to the Sweet 16 where he would face either Ainge or Pirtle. No, excuse me, Pirtle's going to lose. Yeah, it's probably going to be Delonte Wright. How does Pirtle lose a Delonte Wright? Huh? Okay. Well, then Dan- it's going to be Danny Ainge because Danny Ainge is going to crush Delonte Wright. So it's going to be Carroll and Ainge in the Sweet 16. That's a, good, that's a sweet matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Kyle Kuzma right now leading over... I don't know who is so this this is one of those rare instances where we invite you to go to uh, yeah, but we need you please a, a, please go a media site that isn't our own, <laughs> but we need you to do but, it. But right, go to uh, go to kslsports.com. They have their bracket. It's titled Utah's all-time best college basketball player, or I guess it's titled bracket. Who is the state of Utah's best college basketball player ever? You decide. And uh, the voting goes until it will end on March 25th. Tyler Haas is a six seed. It's going to lose to Kosich. And this this on- round ends on March 25th. Third round voting begins on the 26th. It ends on the 27th. Quarterfinals, 28th through the 29th. Semifinals begin and end on the 30th. And the championship voting will begin and end on the 31st. Who do you think is in the championship? Oh, I'm man. Gonna, I'm gonna Andre s- Miller. Wow. Really? We'll probably be there in Jimmer Fredette. I'm going to say Jimmer Fredette and Danny Ainge. Andre Miller's not making it. I mean, he'll make it to the Sweet 16. Andre Miller had a better <clears throat> college career than Danny Ainge did. Got deeper into the oh, NCAA I'm tournament multiple no, times. I'm absolutely with you. I'm just saying that Cougar Nation is going to have nothing to do except sit on their butts and go to KSL Sports. <laughs> and they're going to send like a Facebook group army and each ward is going to be assigned to vote. Yeah, Danny Ainge is going to beat. I'm with you. Andre Miller is better than Danny Ainge. Now, when if, okay, so if it is Andre Miller and Jimmer Fredette, who do you take? I take Andre Miller. I take Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer Fredette did it. What he did... Did Andre Miller go to the national championship? Yes, he did. That's why I would pick him. Jimmer would have been in the final four if it weren't for Brandon Davies screwing up. No pun intended. Uh, I take Jimmer for that, man. Dude, the shows he put on. And by the way, Andre Miller had better talent on his team. 
than Jimmer Fredette had on his. I could agree with that. I could agree with that. But Andre Miller was a more well-rounded player that helped keep his team moving sure. in major upsets. Yeah, I'm with you. Against tougher competition. That's a good point. A um, couple of big upsets going on. Joel Ballenboy from Weber State. Is he winning? He's winning in the <laughs> 10 seed over <laughs> a 2 really? seed. Good for him. Uh, Ronnie Price, it's a close one. Ah, uh, RP. He's as a, as a fifth seed. I voted for Price, actually, just because I loved when he was with the Jazz. I did, too, actually. And, and I thought he was a he good was bas- a college basketball, basketball player. player. He was actually pretty decent with the Jazz, too. He was really productive. I still remember when he got fouled hard in a playoff game. I think it was the Lakers. Was it Vujicic, that little cheap shot? And Price oh, got up. I couldn't up. stand that guy. And then Price, Price went to the locker room, got stitched up, came back, and then threw down like, threw down like a one-handed right-hand hook on somebody's face. And like the crowd erupted. It was sweet. It was on Top 10 Sports Center. It was a big deal. I miss Ronnie Price. All right, we got to take a break. So anyway, go go check it out. Vote for the Aggies. Vote for some upsets. It makes it fun. Uh, we're going to take a break. Coming back, it's that time. You'll get to hear this classic interview of Reed Andreessen with Wayne Estes. It is pure awesomeness. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. It's Eric Franson, AJ Salveson on the Full Court Press, 437 year time. Uh, a really cool video put out by Sam Farnsworth uh, of KSL. Um, of a video narrated by Al Lewis and footage of when Wayne S. has scored his 2,000 points. So before we get to Reed Andreessen, we don't have a ton of time to get through all of it, but we're going to get through as much as we possibly can. Really, really cool footage here. Here it is of a video narrated by Al, our very own Al Lewis, of Wayne S.'s historic night. Aggie fans were filled with excitement as they entered the George Nelson Fieldhouse on the night of February 8, 1965. But they were also excited about the possibility of their local hero, Wayne Estes, eclipsing the 2,000 career point total. Wayne, too, had thoughts of becoming just the 18th NCAA player ever to score 2,000 points. Wayne's hot shooting continued in the second half, and with his 46th point, he eclipsed the Nelson Fieldhouse single-game scoring record. Wayne would score once more. Following the monumental basket that gave Wayne Estes his 2001st career point, a timeout was called by USU head coach Liddell Anderson. Wayne received a standing ovation from the nearly 5,000 fans as his teammates carried him off the floor. I want to extend my uh, congratulations to a, a great effort, and I know this makes you feel wonderful to know that you've not only broken a field house record, but reached that 2,000 mark. Thanks, Reed. Uh, it's the greatest feeling I ever had, I think. Not just breaking the record, but just to know that all the team is behind me. After the game, Wayne and some friends stopped at the scene of a car accident near the campus. While returning to their vehicle, 
Wayne brushed against a down power line and was fatally electrocuted at 21 years of age. Less than two hours after perhaps the greatest basketball game of his career, Wayne Estes was dead, leaving those who knew and loved him wondering to this day what might have become of the greatest basketball player in Aggie history. So that, uh, that had to have been produced by Utah State uh, for the Wayne Estes Center or the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's very well done, very well produced. Um, it, it looked back at Wayne Estes and, and his uh, tremendous career as an Aggie and then his tragic loss. Um, a few years back, we had an opportunity to talk to Rita Andreessen. This was great. I'm so glad I found this in our archives. Um, Rita Andreessen was a long time play-by-play voice of the Yaggies. He was there when Wayne Estes uh, hit his 2,000th point and uh, also sharing his uh, memories of what happened after the fact, after that tragedy. Kind of surreal. But um, Wayne Estes had a nickname. Don't know if a lot of people remember that Wayne Estes had a nickname, but we hear that. Uh, Again, this is a conversation that was done with myself Hurricane John Newbold and Evan Nyman back in the day on the Full Court Press with Reed Andreessen. Of course, one of the first things I remember is his nickname. He kind of went by the nickname of Baby Huey uh, because of the way he was built. Wayne was uh, uh, built a little bit different maybe than what some people thought he should look like at that particular time. But Wayne had a, uh, an exceptional personality about him. He was loved by the kids. The kids just loved Wayne. And uh, he was always a gentleman. Uh, When I think back to that particular night, uh, I'd had a very rough day that day. We had just buried my father-in-law. And uh, Dad used to go with me to a lot of the games and sit by me. And and so I was kind of sad anyway that evening. But I remember that night quite well. Uh, during the ball game, of course, uh, it was kind of rumored around during the ball game that Wayne hadn't been feeling very well. It seemed that he had a numbness in his arms, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't start out really very well. And uh, as the game went on, of course, he got into it. He, I believe he had around... Uh, 24 points at halftime, and uh, seems to be doing real well. Uh, then, of course, maybe according to the record, uh, Wayne broke the school record for scoring that night. I think it was uh, 40, 48 points. Yep. And uh, we were playing Denver, and we beat them. 90-something to 60-something. I forget just what the actual score was. But uh, following the ball game, I interviewed Wayne, of course, uh, Coach Anderson and Wayne, and uh, picked up my equipment, of course, as everybody was leaving the field house. I was always one of the last ones to leave. And went down and delivered my equipment back to the radio station and then went home. 
when I got home, the telephone rang, and Bill McMurdy, who uh, was a co-worker of mine at the time of KVNU, called me, and he said, that's too bad about Wayne, isn't it? And I says, why? I said, hey, he just broke the record and got his 2,000th point. Actually, it was uh, 2001, mm-hmm. I believe, was, uh, and he'd been looking forward to getting his 2,000th point, and hey, we still had a few games to play, I think four or five more games to play that season, but uh, I didn't know what had happened, and uh, Bill told me that there had been an accident there on uh, Fourth North, and a car had wrapped around a power pole, and a power line had been drooping down, and Wayne, who stood about 6'6", as I remember, had just brushed it with his forehead, and uh, he was with Del Lyons and uh, some other friends that just left uh, uh, Rico's Pizza, I believe, and were on their way downtown. And uh, I think Del Lyons was also hurt a little bit as he kicked the wire off from Wayne because Wayne had reached up and grabbed the wire or something to that effect. But it was a shock. You know, and where I'd already uh, been to the funeral of my father-in-law that day, and then to have Wayne's accident that night—probably his greatest night on the basketball court. Looking forward to being drafted. Uh, I remember uh, the Los Angeles Lakers mm-hmm. were interested in Wayne, and we had chatted on the post-game show. I, I remember asking Wayne if he thought. He would uh, play as a forward or as a guard, you know, uh, because at six six, sometimes some of these guards nowadays in the NBA they're they're not up there too much. But uh, I remember going on a lot of road trips with Wayne and some of the other guys. There was, uh, well, let's see, there was Hal Hale, Pete Aniga, Myron Long, Alan Parrish. I remember especially going uh, down across the border into Mexico once when we were playing one of the teams down south in Albuquerque. And and Wayne and I and Jim Rayleigh, who was the trainer, and Liddell and some of the others, we went down into Mexico and we had a good time. But Wayne was always a gentleman. He was always... perfect example of what an athlete representing any school would want to be. Uh, Reed? Yes. This is uh, Evan Nyman. Uh-huh. Uh, I got the impression uh, from, from flipping through this book that we've got, uh, it, it's a brand new book that's just come out by Eleanor Olson. It's called Wayne Estes, A Hero's Legacy. Uh-huh. I got the impression that Wayne was kind of a, a kidder, and, and uh, he was just one of those guys that everyone kind of got along with because he had fun, and he, was, he just had a kind of a magnetic personality. Well, yes, he was, you know. Wayne was, uh, well, that's why he was liked so much, I guess, by the kids, because he could relate to the kids. He was not really one to be too serious on occasion, but he liked to joke around a lot. But... Uh, there was never anything out of order with Wayne. Like I say, Wayne was always a, a, a 
proper acting individual, just a, a gentleman all the time, wherever he was. I know some of the ball players who weren't that way. And uh, whenever we'd go on a road trip or travel, uh, everybody liked to seem to think, well, what, Wayne, what do you think, Wayne? You know, what, what should we do? Because if we go on a road trip, uh, I remember going up to uh, Moscow, Idaho once, play uh, the Vandals up there. And uh, wherever the team went, everybody went. The coaches, the team, the trainers, uh, myself, and, and anybody else that was with the team, we went together. And we went to a movie, and some of them wanted to go elsewhere, you know, and do things, but it seemed like whenever we would be asked what we wanted to do, it was always, well, Wayne, what do you think? And Wayne would always seem to be the one to choose the proper place to go. Hmm. Just just a nice guy. And, of course, uh, there's a lot of folks out there that uh, these up-and-coming Aggie fans that uh, may not really know that much about uh, about this guy and the type of person and player that he was. Only you've seen some of the uh, dynamic players in our recent history. But uh, how would you stack him up against some of the other players that you've seen at Utah State throughout the school's history and, and their basketball history? Well, of course, not watching a lot of the players now, you know, as they work out on the court and everything. But I want to tell you something about Wayne Estes that uh, impressed me. Wayne would practice free throws with the small hoop. There was a hoop that... Uh, the coach had up there that was smaller than the normal hoop. And Wayne would practice these free throws from there. And he also would stand underneath the basket and try to see how many uh, baskets he could make from underneath. First right-handed hooks, then left-handed hooks. Right-handed hooks, left-handed hooks. And, uh, hey, he'd get up there pretty high, you know. And Wayne was a terrific hook shot artist from either corner on the baseline. And that's where he did a lot of his scoring from. And nowadays you don't see a lot of your athletes making what we called at that time hook shots. Uh, when I think back of some of the great players that I watched during those years, I think uh, primarily of guys like Max Perry. Uh, Max Perry was not very... Tall. I don't remember exactly how tall Max was, but I don't think he was much over six if he was that. But Max used to come down and just after crossing midcourt, he'd let go with both hands and nothing but net, you know. Hmm. And I think wow. Max set a few records himself uh, in scoring. And uh, I got to know Eric Franzen quite well. And, uh, and you're not talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see, Evan. Uh, let's see now. What was your... <laughs> no, but uh, when I think of the uh, all-century team, I'd have to go over some of the names and say, yes, I would agree, or, well, maybe, you know. They all, a lot depended on their ability to play offensive as well as defensive. When I think of Wayne, I think of Wayne more as an offensive player than a defensive player. And we uh, kind of used to talk that way. Uh, another guy that had a great uh, 
uh, influence, I think, on Wayne when I look back over the years was Evan Sorensen. Evan was an assistant coach to Liddell at that time. And uh, let's see, there was Bus Williams was our AD, and uh, Dale Gardner was the assistant athletic director. Uh, Arby Kirkpatrick was the sports information director. Jim Rayleigh was our trainer. Uh, just a lot of good guys, you know. But uh, wherever we traveled, it was always a pleasure to be in the company of Wayne Estes. So, probably as good a way to end it right there as we possibly can as we're running out of time. Uh, a great interview from you, Evan Nyman and Mitch. You even sound younger in that thing. John, John oh, sorry, John, not Mitch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago. Holy cow, yeah. You yeah, guys sound a little really while. young. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap up the first hour, get you ready for 5 o'clock hour, which introduces Kayla R., who has been officially announced as the new Utah State women's head basketball coach. We'll put a bow on this one and get ready for 5 o'clock. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Tom J. Salveson here as we wrap up the first hour of the Full Court Press on 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric, Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Tribune is just reporting out. The CSU Board of Trustees approved SDSU's proposed design and financing plan for a 35,000-seat stadium in Mission Valley. Here's the kicker of it all. In October 2017, they projected the cost to be $150 million. Today, they've announced it will double at $310 million presidential flashcards. Ooh, boy. Double. Yikes. That's insane. By the way, that will be Grass Stadium because it will cover other events such as soccer. They will also host concerts and other activities on that field inside that stadium. Now, it says 35000 but they said they can expand it to forty six. Okay. So Interesting. There's a little understanding to maybe why the cost is so high. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, they're still projecting to have it done by 2022? They are. Yep. Yep, they they they, they got to get and moving. They are very confident in that, actually, too. All right, that does it for the first hour. Coming up again, top of the five o'clock hour, you're going to hear from Kayla Ard, the new Utah State women's basketball coach. That's all coming up here on the Full Court Press.